So you could you, you could have got off a little cheaper if you just would have did something, putting something in the can. But if you don't put anything in the can, you got to give up 125. Maybe you got to go get a side job to get that. But nevertheless, <laughs> that's funny. I'm not scared. <laughs> Matthew 25. We're going to begin in verse number one. And we are going to read all the way up to verse number 13. And since we're all standing together, let's be participators. I'll read verse number one. You read verse number two. I read verse number three. And we continue alternatively until we get to verse number 13. Then we can all read verse number 13 together. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Matthew 25 verse number one says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. The Bible is saying this. I didn't call anybody foolish. Verse number three. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamp. But the wise answered, saying, Not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Afterwards came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We don't get into that that, that verse of the scripture too often, do we? This is serious Bible this morning. This, 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 this is going to challenge us a little bit. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, one more time, we ask that you will anoint and that God, your word, will echo in our hearing I pray, Lord God, that there will be a moving of your spirit, that the glory of the Lord will come in and overshadow. Lord, let the word of the Lord go out today and accomplish that which you want it to accomplish. I pray, O God, that every heart will be open and that change will come to us. And that, O my God, that this day forward, from this day forward, we will never, ever be the same again. But, Lord, our life will be transformed and Lord Jesus, we will walk by faith and do thy will. I pray, Lord God, that somebody will make up in their mind to surrender and give their life to you. Lord, we ask that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I've entitled this message today, Just Enough May Not Be enough. Just enough may not be enough. 
This is very interesting topic this morning, and I don't know, I, I believe that I've looked a little bit, paid attention a little bit, and now more than any other time that I can remember in my 49 years of living, I see people more now are just trying to do just enough when you consider the things of God. And so, I'm not sure, there's so many reasons why that may be, why we're doing just enough. But you heard me, or you, you've heard me said it many times, life is about priority. And depending on what is priority to you is going to be what you invest your time in, your efforts in, and we'll get into that a little bit. Just enough may not be enough. Question. How can we know right now, this morning, what is required to enter into the kingdom of heaven? We hear a lot of talk about heaven. How do we know just what is required? How do we know what it will take to get into the kingdom of heaven. Who do you know that went to heaven and was able to enjoy heaven and then decided that they would come back to this life here in the earth and tell us just how they made it to heaven? What did Jesus say to them when they got there? And what did he point out why they were able to get to heaven? How many of us know anybody like that? Many of us treat entering into heaven as a foregone conclusion. I'm going to heaven. Some of us just think it's just a given. Oh, God loves me. As a matter of fact, God died for me. So there's no way God will not allow me to come to heaven when he died for me and he loves me. Oh, I'm going to heaven. He gave his life. Why would God give his life and not give me the opportunity to get to heaven and not be merciful to me to get me to heaven? Here's, a, here's another one that we say. I know that I've made a few mistakes, but, but God, he loves me too much to not allow me to come to heaven, even with the few mistakes I've made. And so we say those things. But we haven't gone to heaven yet. And so we don't know if that's all true. I don't know about you. I want to go to heaven. What we've said, we've heard. I'd rather live my life to get to heaven. And when I die, I realize there's no heaven. Then not to live my life to go to heaven. And when I die, I realize there is a heaven. And so it's important to live your life like there is a heaven. Whether you believe that or not, I, I think we need to live our life like there is a heaven. Because if there's a heaven, I want to go there. If there's not a heaven, then I just die and I'm fine. But at least let me cover my basis. But I know there's a heaven. This parable was written 
to us and for us so we may understand the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The return of the Lord is similar to the traditional, historical, Middle Eastern marriage ceremony. The ten virgins are the church. They represent who the church is. And the bridegroom is Jesus Christ himself. Once we become a part of the church, from that point forward, everything we do is in preparation to meet the bridegroom. Once we say we're now a part of the church, everything from that point on that we do, it doesn't matter what it seems like to you, but everything that we do is in preparation to meet the bridegroom. We must ask ourselves, well, how do I become a part of the church? Entering into a building where people are playing music, and worshiping God, and the preacher is preaching, and the Spirit of God is moving, and God is even doing miracles, entering into that environment do not make you a part of the church. God has already given us in the Word of God what makes us a part of the church. And in order to enter into the church, the Bible tells us we must be born again. Just like we were born... Physically, naturally, we must be born spiritually. That's why it's saying again, because you born, you were born in a natural way, but you still need to be born again in order to enter heaven someday. Without being born again, you will never be able to enter heaven. And so we can tell ourselves that, well, I go to church. God loves me. I've been in the presence of God. I felt his, his spirit. I felt the things that God was doing. He, he even spoke to me. And that all may be true. But if we're not born again of the water and of the spirit, we are not, somebody say not, a part of the church. Hmm. And so everything that we do is in preparation for the meeting for meeting our bridegroom. But we must first. First things first. We can't prepare to meet the bridegroom. If we're not a part of the church. So we got to ask ourselves. Okay. What is the process of preparing to meet the bridegroom? And the first process. Is being born again. Then follow all the other things. That the Lord will teach you. And the Lord will show you. And the Lord will speak to you. That you must do in preparation. Of meeting the bridegroom. In the church. There's always some wise Christians. And some not so wise Christians. That's what I say. Not so wise. The Bible says foolish. But I'm going to say not so wise. All ten of these virgins filled their lamps with oil. All of them. Again, they're all part of the church. 
And they all fill their lamps with oil. The lamp is filled with oil. In case you don't know, uh, some of you may know, others don't know. I know for some of our folks that's from another country, we know all about the kind of lamp that they're talking about. So it wasn't no fancy lamp like we have in America. It probably was uh, some clay pot or clay bottle, right, with, with, with rag or paper uh, dipped in oil and twisted and pushed down in that, in that container and then you light it. And so when you light it, now you have this light. And so that's how you can see. But you know that paper or that piece of cloth will burn down at times. And so when it burns down, the light gets lower. That's what they were using. Would you keep that in mind? So the ones, all of them, all ten of them, filled their, the, 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 the lamp as much as they could to the top. And now the lamp is doing good. Everybody have the lamp. And they're moving about. And they're good. And guess what? They can see. They're on their journey now. The ones who were considered wise were the ones who said, My lamp is filled, but I'm also going to take an extra container and fill that too. why in everything that we do in life we be one extra the things that we like we get extra if I go to the buffet I don't just go up one time I don't just go up two times but I gotta get extra when I used to wait on tables I used to kind of figure out the different nationalities of what they like and if there's one specific nationality that, in order to make them happy, always give them extra. Can we get some more bread? They never stop. Can you put a couple extra slices of onions with that? Always extra. They never just want the normal. And wherever you spend your money, wherever you go to get something you like, if you're getting extra, that's what you go. Oh, yes, give me extra. We go to a basketball game and the game is good. And at the last second, somebody shoot and tie up the game and we go to overtime. Oh, man, I'm at the game where there's overtime. We like extra. But when it comes to the things of God. We just want just enough. What's the minimum of God I can get so I can go to heaven? I don't want to do all that. Does it take all that? I don't want to do all that. I just want just enough. And as soon as he stays, say stand, and we need to pray, I'm just going uh, and slide out because that was, you know, just that was just enough for me. We at the altar praying, and you can't wait for me to say, all right, let's stand, we're getting ready to dismiss. Because you want just enough. This is why so many people have believed false doctrine. Because false doctrine make it easy. I mean, false doctrine don't even say it's just enough. It gives you very minimal. So it's easy to believe false doctrine because false doctrine make it easy. But why, when it comes to God, 
Just enough. No extra, God. I don't want too much of that. Hmm. Just enough may not be enough. So the ones, here's a word for you today, who were considered wise, they never got just enough. If you want to be considered a wise Christian, you're going to have to say, I need some extra. If you're going to be a Christian who will make it to the end, you're going to have to say, I need some extra. Can I tell you something that you need to know? Two things here. We're living in a world that's contrary to the things of God. That's the way it is. No big deal. Because there's nothing more powerful than God. Right? And so, yes, we're living in a, a world where it's contrary to God. And so we're trying to do the things of God. And it's like we're going against the green. But here is what you need to know about that. Because that's the case. You can be doing good for two weeks, for a month, for six months, for three years in God. And it take one week of just chilling to go way back to where you used to be. Oh, somebody better hear me this morning. You see, that may be why you just, just can't be bothered. But, but let me tell you, none of us know what hell is like. And none of us know what heaven is like. And from what I've read in the word of God, I can't go to hell. I've got to go to heaven. I've got to one day make heaven my home. God never created me to go to hell. He never created me to lose out on heaven. And my mind is on Jesus. And i got to get to heaven. Somebody in this room... You need to make up your mind and you know, I got to get to heaven. Hallelujah. I got to get to heaven. And I just know how easy it is. How easy it is to 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 just have a week of of not uh applying yourself. And all of a sudden it's like where did those six months go? I thought I was doing good for six months. For one week, I just kind of needed some time to just chill, and I just feel like I'm not even where I used to be. Amen. Well, that's the truth. Amen. Listen, the devil don't take no day off. See, you, you want to take a day off, and that, that's probably good, but the devil don't take a day off. So when you take a day off, the devil have his way in your life. He start planting thoughts, and he start planting things all around you so he can get the best of you. The devil don't take a day off. And if you decide to take a day off, he says, mm, there's a target right there. They, they just chilling. And this is my opportunity to get right in there and do what I need to do. devil don't take no day off. He can't take no day off because he's not omnipresent. So he worked hard. Only God is omnipresent. The devil not omnipresent, so he can't take a day off. He's working hard. Misery love company. 
And he's miserable. And he wants you to be miserable right there with him. When you get miserable, the devil says, mm, yeah, buddy. I'm not the only one in misery here. See, the devil knows he doesn't have a, a chance of getting to heaven. He was there when there was no devil and he couldn't make it work. You missed that. When the devil messed up and lost his place, there was no devil. So that's why he doesn't even have a choice. He can't, he can't do anything to correct that situa situation because nobody connived them. Nobody deceived them. Nobody did anything for him to, to have to think about or to struggle with, should I obey God or not? Nobody did that to him. He just decided I'm not obeying God and I'm going to be God. And God said, oops, you got to go. And the reason why we have a chance is because, first of all, we're created in the image of God. But second of all, we have to deal with this devil and God knows it God told me some time ago he says Wayne it's only because of me why you go through what you go through man that that blessed my soul because you know you're going through stuff and I'm just driving and I just felt the spirit of God just saying it's only because of me why you're going through that and I totally got it because all of the the, the, the challenges and the struggle, it's only a challenge struggle because you're trying to please God. And by trying to please God, the evil force of hell is trying to stop you from pleasing God. So while you're trying to please the creator, the, 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 the devil is trying to stop you from doing that. And that's why you have turmoil in your life. Let me just divert just for a second. Understand this. I said this yesterday in prayer. So those that were at prayer, you're hearing again. Understand this. The natural will always tell you a little bit about the spiritual. That's the word of God. The natural come first, then the spiritual. And so, meaning, it, the natural doesn't happen first. It means we understand the natural first so we can understand the spiritual. But the spiritual is what govern everything that goes on. So here's what's going on. You know, I studied for a second, not study, but I kind of did a little research to find out why do we have storms. And I never forgot, never forgot when I went to Israel, I learned that how storms happen. And it, it, it shows us how the Gulan Heights was, uh, I forgot how far up or how high it was. And then the Sea of Galilee was way down low. And so down the Sea of Galilee, you can go to the Sea of Galilee. We did this, by the way, in one day. I was on the Sea of Galilee and it was like, I don't know, 88 degrees and sunny and just we're in the water on the boat and it's hot. I had to take off the um, the windbreaker that we wore to the Gulan Heights that morning. When we was in the Gulan Heights that morning, it was probably about 35 degrees and windy. Same place. I don't know, maybe 50 miles apart. 30 degrees, 35 degrees, 80 something degrees. And they said the reason why storms would happen when the fishermen back in Bible days would experience storms all of a sudden is because the cold air from the Gulan Heights and the hot air from the Galilee Sea of Galilee would just clash. And that's what created storms all the time. And so we have Harvey. And Harvey did damage. And we're seeing a lot of you know, not long ago, we had issues down in Louisiana. We're seeing a lot of catastrophe and earthquake. And I'm telling you, take this to the bank. 
This is happening in the natural because there's things going on in the spiritual. And there's spiritual activities. Your life is being challenged more than ever before. And one thing I've learned about living for God, there are certain times in your walk with God that is a pivotal moment. There's a, there's a, there's times in your life in, in, in that you gotta make a certain decision in order to continue going. And the wrong decision can take you way back and set you way back. And you're wondering, my goodness, how did I go so far back? Because there's crucial times in your walk with God that you You have to make certain kind of decisions. You have to be in certain kind of places with God in order to withstand. When the hurricane comes and the flood comes, if you're not in a good place, it's going to overtake you. It's going to overwhelm you. And so when the power of the spirits of of the dark world is trying to work against you and the power of God is working for you, if you're not in a good place when those things are happening, then it's going to overtake you and you're going to wonder why. And how did I get far so far back in my Christian walk? This is a pivotal moment in your life. I'll go as far as to tell you this. Here's another thing. And I'm not going to go into too much of it because there's some politics involved. And I don't talk politics in God's pulpit. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Our New Year's Eve service. January 1, 2017. January, December 31st, 2016, at 11.58 or 11.55, we started praying. We brought the new year in, in prayer. And when I got done praying, it was clear as day to me that I felt, and this is the way I describe it, I didn't understand it all the way. I felt like God says, there is an opportunity, grace, that I'm going to give to the people of God for a moment. There's an opportunity that you need to cease. And I said that when we got done. I said, there's a space of grace. I forgot how I said it. But since then, I've heard two great leaders said the same thing. And what's happened here is, if you want to look at politics... And you want to look at the weather and you want to just look at certain things that's going on. The church has an opportunity to cease the moment. I don't know if you see this, but there was a move that was coming against the church as a whole, God's church as a whole for a minute there, that was going to cause a lot of stuff for us. They already got the bathroom things going, right? Got to have certain kind of bathrooms or you can go to whichever one you want. Whatever, all that kind of stuff. They already had that going. And that was going to go fast. And all of a sudden, it just slowed down. The church business I'm talking about. And now everybody's thoughts are on different things right now. They left the church alone for a little bit. Y'all missed it. Y'all missing it. I'm seeing it. The challenges that the church is going to face this year and even next year kind of got tabled. And now there's infighting about everything. And I'm sitting, oh, we talking about Korea. We talking about um, Harvey. We talking about all kind of stuff. ISIS. We don't hear nothing more about, well, because what was coming quick was they was going to implement that, 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 that hate talk. You say certain things, that's, that, that's considered 
a hate crime, you're going to jail for that. Because they was ready to lock down the preachers. If they say anything that seemed like to them it was a hate talk, they was ready to lock it down. Now, all of a sudden, the conversation ceased on that. <laughs> but it's because it's our time. And God has given the church an opportunity to reestablish themselves. And, and, and the devil knows that God has given us this, this opportunity to reestablish ourselves. So he's doing his very best to do everything he can to stop us from reestablishing ourselves and to be who we need to be. And that's why you're seeing all kind of things happening around you and you're wondering what's happening. But let me tell you, God is on your side. God is working for you. God will uphold you. And God will see you through. You just gotta know, I've gotta seize this moment. I gotta prepare myself to meet the the bridegroom. I gotta seize the moment. I can't play around. Just enough. It's not the time for just enough. They figured talking about The five foolish figured they had enough oil for the light to burn until the bridegroom came. So when they filled up their, their lamp, they didn't fill it up and thinking that they were going to run out of oil. They wouldn't have done that if they thought that they were going to run out. Who, who, who does things just know that, you know what, it's going to put me in a bad spot. So, but, but it doesn't, I don't, I, I don't care. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Sometimes we do it, but we oftentimes don't do that. So when they filled that lamp with oil, they didn't think that oil would run out. The question I have for them, how do they know when the bridegroom was going to come? And the question I have for everybody in here this morning, including myself, how will we know when the bridegroom is coming? The bridegroom is coming, and he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for his bride. But we know not the day nor the hour that the bridegroom will come. But we know the bridegroom is coming. So how do we prepare for the bridegroom? Do we just get enough and says, well, God loves me. God cares so much for me. He died for me. So I'll, I'll just get enough because he won't allow my oil to run out and let me miss out on heaven. That's what we say. Oh, he's not going to let my oil run out. Yeah, I'll just fill up the lamp. I don't need anything extra because he won't let my lamp run out. Yep, that's what we're going to say. He won't let my lamp run out. But here is what you got to know about God. God can't go against his word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You can't separate God from his word. He and his word is the same. And so he can't go against his word. Whatever he has given us in the word of God, it will and it shall be just that. So we got to stop and say, what does his word says? 
Laziness and lack of preparation will cause us to think and believe lies and things unfounded. What we do sometimes, we begin to believe lies and we begin to to believe things that are unfounded all because of laziness or lack of preparation. We don't prepare for what we know is to come. And, 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 and we're lazy. We don't want to do this and we don't want to do that. And so because we don't want to do that, we have to come up with something to convince ourselves it's okay to be lazy. It's okay to not prepare because guess what? God is not going to let me go to hell just because I didn't have all the stuff together. We keep telling ourselves that. Why are we telling ourselves that God won't let me? God loves me too much. Huh. Well, let's keep going. Jesus, who was the bridegroom, never told us when exactly he was coming back. But he said, I will be back. Are you ready right now for Jesus' return? If he comes back right now, are you ready? Do you think you will be able to get let into heaven? Right now. Will you get led into heaven? If he comes right now, will you get led into heaven? Be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. We can never prepare enough for the return. What you may think enough is may not be enough. I believe God gave us this parable. Sometimes as a preacher, you get worried about certain things you preach. Because you're saying, this is how I think. Why are you giving us that, Lord? So I think, I don't know how you process stuff, but when the Lord gave me something to preach, I said, okay, why? And so, he gave us this parable so we will know how to prepare for him. So here it goes. You no longer have an excuse to say, well, God, I didn't know. Well, God, I thought you understood. Well, God, I knew you loved me. Didn't that preacher preach on September 3rd, 2017, 12, 13? Didn't he preach about enough may not be enough? And he went through all of that stuff? Yeah, but I kind of was checking my text message. Yeah, but I was talking to the girl next to me about, you know, she need to give her life to God because we make it sound good sometimes. Yeah, but I was trying to tell somebody, I was trying to explain what the preacher was preaching. And so, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 I am concerned how many, how many of us are doing just enough and have convinced ourselves That what we're doing is enough. Don't get quiet on me. We're doing what we're doing and we have convinced ourselves, I'm doing okay. Not too bad. Yeah, I could probably do just a tad bit more, but not that bad. Not that bad. How do you know that? Let's go back to these ladies, the church. Don't you think the foolish virgins thought that they were good too? You thought you think they just went into that process like, well, we're not sure, but we'll try anyhow. You think they did that? Hmm. I don't think they did. 
I am sure those five foolish virgins had their lamp filled with oil and was convinced that all they needed was right in that oil, was right in that lamp. We always convince ourselves that we have enough. And when the time come that we're made that we don't have enough, it will be too late. See, that's the difference in God and something else. In God, if you convince yourself that what you're doing is enough, while it's not enough, you will never have a second chance to correct that. If you if you're living in a convinced fashion that what you're doing is just enough. I'll be all right. God loves me. If that's how you're living, the day that you're going to realize that that's not enough, you won't be able to fix the problem. See, in other situations we can fix the problem. You have certain kind of coverage on your car. You don't have collision, but you have uh what's the other one? Liability. And so, you know, you get into an accident and you realize you only have liability and you're like, oh man, I can't fix my car. You can overcome that. You can take your car, you can save up and take it to some guy that you know, he'll help you get it all out. I did that when I was young. Took it to some bogus body shop dude and, you know, gave him $500. He didn't get no new part, he just knocked it out. You know, just knocked it out. You know, just put some stuff on it and then sprayed it. It looked a mess. <laughs> but that's what you get for $500. You can correct some of those mistakes that you make in life because there's a way to correct them. But I'm telling you, if we are not wise in who we are as children of God, we will not be able to correct that mistake when Jesus comes and he returns for his bride, the church. When he comes, we will not be able to correct that because God will not be able to change what he's already set in place. Yes. When we find ourselves... In that kind of predicament, Jesus comes, the bridegroom comes, and we realize that we ran out of oil, and now we can't keep our lamp burning to see where to go. We're going to go to the wise people. Can I get some of your oil? Can I get some of your oil? I'm not giving you none of my oil. I can imagine. Imagine with me for a second. The loud noise. The bridegroom coming. You out of oil. You can't light your thing back up. The other ones had the light. And they move forward. And, let, and you're talking about, let me get some, let me get some, let me get some of your oil. You think I want a chance for my lamp to go out? You think I want a chance to pour some oil in your container? We got to unscrew. We got to go through all this stuff to try to get you some oil. So, nah, I'm good. Because, you know why? When I was putting in the extra, you was doing what you wanted to do. When I was on my knees, you was doing what you want to do. When I was crying out to God, you was doing what you want to do. When I was worshiping God, you was doing what you want to do. When I was going to all the church services that they had, you was doing what you wanted to do. When I was teaching somebody a Bible study, you was doing what you wanted to do. The things that I 
got involved in because I want to store up. You did what you want. And so when the bridegroom come, I'm sorry. I'm not being mean. But I can't help you. Can't help you. I'm going to give you the real reason why I can't help you. Just give me one second here. And I'm almost done. The light that the lamp gives off represents the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. Let me change that. The light that the lamp gives off represents your Christian life. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. So the light is your Christian life. So if your Christian, if the light go off, it means your Christian life is really not much. So the light that comes from the lamp, that's your life. That's how you get recognized. Let your light so shine. Jesus calls us the light of the world. Oh, come on, somebody. That light from that lamp is who you really are. That's how you get recognized from all the other people because whether you want to like this or not, when you are living a Christ-like life, your life is shining bright. When you're not living a Christ-like life, you're in darkness. You can't be recognized. The oil represents the Holy Ghost. So you have the Holy Ghost, which is the oil. That's what keeps the light shining or burning. And so the lamp is made up of this oil, which produced the light. And that's how we, as Christians, move forward. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit takes us and directs us to live that Christian life that God called us to live. So here is why I can't give you none of my oil. It don't come from me. I can't give nobody my oil to design because I didn't get my oil just from anybody. I got my oil from Jesus Christ himself. And you can only get your oil from Jesus Christ himself. And the only way to get the oil is to go to him on your own. Nobody can come with you to get the oil. You can't send nobody to go get you some oil. You see what the scripture showed us. It's showing us something clear that they could not get no oil from the people that had extra and they say you got to go get your own oil and so the scripture's trying to tell us you got to go to God to get his spirit for yourself you will not make it without the oil and if you get the Holy Ghost today but you allow the Holy Ghost to be quenched in your life you got to go back to the source to get the oil oh Oh, somebody help me today. You, uh, you're gonna have to go to God for yourself. You can't, you can't ask nobody to go to God for, for, for you. You, you can't get the oil no other way. You can't go dig it out yourself. You gotta get to Him. You gotta get to Jesus and say, Oh God, I need some oil. I, I let, I let something quench the oil that was in my lamp. I let the oil burn out, Lord Jesus. But I'm coming to you today to say, God, will you give me some more oil? I want to be prepared. 
bag when you come. I want to be ready when you come. And if I don't have any oil, I'm not going to be ready when you come. I ask today, Lord, will you give me oil that I may burn as you want me to burn. I want my light to shine. Oh, somebody, come on and help me this morning. Oh, you need to get the oil. You need to go to God for the oil. You need to go to God for the oil. How do you get the oil? Through worshiping God. How do you get the oil? Through praying and calling upon Him. How do you get the oil? It's by praise in the Almighty. And the oil will begin to flow. You want the oil to flow in your life. You're going to have to praise Him. You want the oil to flow in your life. You're going to have to worship Him. You want the oil to flow. You're going to have to pray and call on the name of Jesus Christ. If you want the oil to flow. If you've never, if you've never had the oil, you need to go to the source. And if you had the oil, but you allowed that oil to be quenched, you need to go back to the source and say, God, have mercy upon me. I've allowed the oil, oh God, to evaporate because I did nothing. It takes something to keep the oil flowing. You see, we run out of oil because when we get that first batch, we did nothing. And the lamp just kept burning and it kept sucking up the oil and we did nothing to replenish the oil. We did nothing to let the oil flow. And God wants you to know uh, this morning uh, that you need to come back to the source. You need to come back to Him uh, and say, God, will you let the oil flow? God, will you flow back into me? Will you flow through me? God, I need some oil. I need some oil. I need some oil. God, I need some oil. Somebody get the oil from the Lord. We can't make it without the oil. Prayer keeps that vessel filled. Oh, worship keeps that vessel filled. Oh, giving him honor keeps that vessel filled. But we must keep the vessel filled. Without the oil, we will not be prepared to meet him. Romans 8, verse 9. I'm throwing you a curve. I don't know if you still got your Bible up, but I want everybody to see this. Romans 8. Oh, you guys shut down. The system not working. Romans 8 and 9. Let me go to Romans 8 and 9. Maybe I should get somebody to stand up and read. Somebody stand up and read it if you have it. Romans 8 and 9. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not a person. Sit down. That's the oil. If you don't have the oil, you won't belong to him. If you don't have the oil, you can't get in the marriage with him. You need the oil. You just heard it. I didn't even read it. If any man had not the Spirit, he is none of his. And what the Bible is trying to tell us, if we don't have the oil inside of us, he won't recognize us. Why is that so important? Because the oil produced the life that he wants for you. The oil produced that Christ-like life. You can't live a Christ-like life just on your own merit, just on your own will, just on your own ambitions. You can't please God in your flesh. You can't please God in your intellect. You can't please God by doing good things. It's only by His Spirit and His Word can you really please God 
and we need the Spirit if we're going to please God. We need the oil. Tell your neighbor, we need the oil. We can't make it without the oil. Stand with me. We can't make it without the oil. I remember reading the text of the woman in the Old Testament. The woman that she was poor and she had one little bit of oil to make the last meal so she could make that meal and die. Amen. The prophet came and she told him what's going on. And the prophet said, make that meal and give it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this day and age, y'all say, man, that pastor, he is a trip. Have my last twenty dollars. He talking about give him the last twenty dollars. He must be out of his mind. You see how we perceive things? The prophet came to that lady and says, "Make that last meal that you were going to give, uh, that you were going to eat for you and your son. Make that meal and give it to me." I don't even have time to get into all of that. But we keep on worrying about what 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 others do uh, concerning the things of God. We can't worry about that. You worry about what God tell you to do. And if God tell you to use the man of God and say, give me the last, you give the last. Now, I'm probably never going to do nothing like that because I'm just not that kind of guy. And I don't think I'm no prophet. So I'm probably not going to. Lord, stop. No, no, Lord. No, no. Because, you know, as soon as you say you won't. But anyway. So she, the, the prophet told her, make the last meal and give it to him. She made the last meal and give it to him. And the prophet said to her, now I want you to go find vessels. Amen. Borrow from your neighbor. Borrow from this one. Borrow, take everywhere you can find vessels. Go get the vessels and bring them. And oil just kept flowing. And as long as she provided vessels... Oil kept flowing into the vessels. Now you understand oil make you rich because when you have a lot of oil, you sell it to everybody and she was getting rich. She was, it was flowing so much that she had to say, alright, 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 I don't have any more containers. What am I trying to tell you? God is showing us this puzzle. He's trying to piece it all together for us. You don't need to just have oil in the vessel. You need to store up some extra. You need to have some oil extra that you carry with you. You can't just depend on what's in you today because What's in you today may not be here next week. And what's in you today get used up. What are you going to do? We can't live on the same oil. We need oil to keep flowing in our life. And so God is speaking to us today to say, will you begin to do the extra? Will you begin to let the oil be poured into your life and not just settle for just enough? Brother Struble. Welcome to the church. But this is the beginning, Brother Struble. It's going to take some work. God will take you on the journey on your own pace. You don't have to look around and see what anybody else is doing. God will work with you. But you gotta put a little bit of effort into it. You gotta put a, just, just, just keep putting a little. And the more you learn, the more effort you put in. Because we can't do just enough. 
And people that you will run into when they do their nice church service on Sundays, bless God, we love them and we keep encouraging them. But let me tell you, your one church service a week and your nice, you know, church that you go to and whatever you do, that's not going to be enough to hold you. We've got scripture for that. We just saw it. They had enough oil to keep that lamb burning for who knows, could be six hours, could be three hours. So they feel like they had enough. But how long will it take for the bridegroom to show up? None of us know. So we can't just settle. We can't just go with whatever we have. Every day we wake up is a new day. This is why he says that his mercy is new every day. If he starts over every day, what? If God is starting over with you, every day is a new day for him. Every day, he says, my mercy is coming towards you. Then what should we do? Should we just stay there and keep worrying about yesterday? Should we think that, oh, I prayed three times yesterday, so therefore today I'm good. God don't even do that. And when he walked this earth in the man Christ Jesus, what did he do? Did you see him just, oh, it's... I prayed yesterday. I prayed in the garden, so I'm good. Here's the word from the Lord. Whatever you're doing, don't tell yourself it's enough. Be man enough. Be woman enough to say whatever I'm doing in my preparation to meet God one day, it's not enough right now. Please don't tell yourself I'm not that bad because look how far I've come along. Please don't tell yourself that. Don't, don't tell yourself that. That's you convincing yourself to stay where you are. Oh, you don't know what I used to be. And so I came this far. This, this is not that bad. Maybe that's true. But don't stay there. Don't be satisfied with where you are in God. And I'm telling you the word of the Lord is telling me to tell you that you have to come up over what you've been doing. What you've been doing is not enough. What you've been doing, because when, 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 when the, when the big crises happen, I've watched crises over, over a long period of time. And when crises happen in people's life, some people, they walk away from God. And they convinced themselves, man, this was too hard for me. You, you don't understand what this devastation did to me. So they walk away from God. And then others, they cried. They, 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 they struggled. But they kept on going. They kept on walking through it. Because they realized, I can't make this without God. But I'm convinced the ones that struggled and kept pushing and kept working, I'm convinced they never settled for just enough. And because they never settled for just enough, they were able to overcome. They didn't walk away from God. They didn't say, oh, I can't make it and walk away. They said, God, although they slay me, yet will I trust you. They said, oh, God, though I've made mistakes and done wrong, you've been good to me. They said, God, you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. There's nobody greater to me than you, oh, God. And no matter what, oh God, I will trust you. I will walk with you. I will give my life for you. I will give everything for you because you are everything to me. I need the power of God to work. 
Somebody, it's the extra. It's the, you can't just do enough. That storm is coming. That challenge is coming. That situation will blow up. That struggle that you don't understand will confront you. And just enough will not be good enough. And God wants you to make it through the storm. God wants you to make it through the situation. God wants you to make it through the trial. God wants you to make it through the storm. And so you got to still up. You got to store up. It's not enough just to have enough. Oh, somebody talk to the Lord right now. Somebody said in your heart that today is the day I make a decision not to just go with just enough. Today is the day that I will go beyond. I want to go beyond what I've always done. I want to go beyond one church service a week. I want to go beyond one church service and a Bible study. I want to go beyond one day of corporate prayer. But I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to know more about God. I want to pray more. I want to be a witness for God. I want to love people the way God wants me to love them. I want to praise God like I've never praised Him. I want to give God all the honor like I've never given Him. I'm not satisfied with my efforts. I'm not satisfied with what I've done. I must do more. I don't know what enough will be, but I I will keep doing more than enough. I will keep doing more than enough. That I will have enough. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, will you help us today? Will you help us that we will see what the Word of God is trying to show us? That we will no longer settle and think we're okay. But God, you will take us beyond. Oh, somebody talk to the Lord. Somebody lift your hands to Him today and surrender to Him. Oh, somebody surrender to Him. Lord, I pray today that those that are hurting your God, that you, oh God, will bind up their womb. I pray that you'll mend their broken hearts. I pray today, Lord God, that you will heal to the utmost in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will strengthen today in the name of Jesus Christ. For God, I pray that every person in this room will walk out of here today with God the passion and the desire and the drive to say I'm going to do more. I'm going to go beyond what I've been doing. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to tell people about you every day. I'm going to worship you every day. I'm going to praise you every day. I'm going to look for opportunities, Lord God, to serve you every day. I must go beyond. You are my everything. You are my all in all. You are my God, my Lord, my ruler, my King. God, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Will somebody praise the Lord? Will somebody dig deep down today? Will somebody cry out today? Will somebody call upon the name of Jesus Christ? You might just have this moment because God wants to strengthen you. You might just be given this opportunity uh, to get strong. Uh, you don't know what awaits you when you leave here today. Uh, 
you will know what awaits you tomorrow. And just enough will not help you. You need more than enough. And God is more than enough. God, He is more than enough. Let the oil flow. Let the oil flow till it overflows. Give Him more containers that He may fill. That you may be filled and have extra in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Somebody talk to Him truthfully. Somebody surrender to Him truthfully. Just tell Him what's on your heart. You may not know how to go about giving Him more. You may not know how to go about doing more. But if you will sincerely voice that to God and say, God, I don't understand all of this. I don't know all of this. But what I just heard is, I need more. I need to give more. And I need to have more of you. I don't know how to do that. But God, will you lead me? Will you guide me? Will you order my steps? Will you direct me? So, God, I can get more of you. So the oil can flow. And my light can shine. But God, you have called me to let my light shine. You have called me, oh God, to be a light in this dark world. But without oil, I can't shine. Without oil, I can't be light. But will you today, Lord God, give me oil. Give me oil. More than enough. More than enough. I need more oil, oh God. I need more oil in the name of Jesus Christ. I need more oil, oh God. I need more oil, oh God. Oil to walk right. Oil to live right. Oil to talk right. Oil to do the work of the kingdom. Oil, almighty God, to be a blessing. Oil to love. Oil, oh God, to do the will of God. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you in this place. Oh God, we surrender to you. And oh God, we want more of you. Less of me and more of you. Less of me and more of you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh God, that today we will commit our ways to you. We will commit our life to you. God, move on us that today, Lord God, our life will be committed to you. That God, we will give you access to us, Lord God. Oh God, we open up ourselves that you may pour in, Lord God. Pour in to this vessel, Lord God. Overflow, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. If there's anyone in here that have a special need, a special need, and you want to see God meet that need, will you come? I'll pray for you right now. If there's a special need you have in your life, and you want God to do something great in your life, you can come. I'll pray for you. And God can do something miraculous in you. God can do something miraculous in you. There's a need. Hallelujah. I need more, oh God. I need more, oh God. I need more. Let the oil flow. Let the oil flow. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Manifest your kingdom among us. Manifest your kingdom among us. Manifest your kingdom among us, oh God. Manifest your kingdom. Oh, hallelujah.
Just enough. It may not be good enough. Don't settle for just enough. Don't settle for just enough. There is nothing more important than getting into the presence of God and getting more of God. There is nothing more important than getting more of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I rebuke, I rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. According to the authority of the word of God, I rebuke every work of the enemy around you. I command the will of God to be done in your life. I release uh, I release faith upon you today. Oh, that God will cause you to see that you've never seen. That God will heal you and make you whole. That God will strengthen and renew you. That God will start a work in you that he will see to the very end. That God will speak to your heart and your mind. Here, here, here the voice of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying. God wants you to trust Him. God wants you to go deeper in Him. God wants you to give Him more of yourself. God, God is reaching out to you. God wants to do some great things in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God said, I will never leave you. God says, I love you.